the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. <laughs> Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. It is Tuesday evening here in San Diego. AM 1170 KCBQ Studios, about 20 minutes away. Thank goodness. Not far enough away from me from the Bernie Sanders rally going on at the San Diego Convention Center. Supposedly, there's upwards of about 10,000 nutbags hanging out down there. I hear there's everything from topless women rolling around on hover rounds or whatever you call these stinking uh, razor scooters or whatever going on down there. Talking about free stuff, I'm sure. Talking about how I guess we ought to just love everybody around the world and coexist with everybody that has no intention of coexisting with us. I'm ashamed, though, a little bit tonight. Well, not ashamed. I'm fired up, you can tell. And then I'm sitting there. I'm loving my intro song. But then I'm feeling like maybe I was a little shouldn't have played my dynamite, you know, given today's events. But you know what? It kind of suits my mood because I am angry. Craig Sewing asked me earlier. And by the way, welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook. Go to my website, AndreaKShow.com. Glad to always sh- share this time with you and with DJ Carrot Sticks. Tear down this wall. My man, Ronnie, he knew how to get fired up over an issue, and he knew how to deal with those who didn't want to coexist with us. He knew how to look people in the eye, and he knew he knew how to strike fear in the hearts of other people. He knew when we had mutually assured destruction, he knew that they, that they knew that they could count on him to, to, to push the button. That's the kind of leadership that's missing. Okay, that's that's the kind of leadership that ain't happening right now with a certain person sitting at a baseball game. Okay, when we got people around the world and right here at home wanting to cut our heads off. I'm angry in part tonight. Craig Sewing asked me earlier today, he's like, are you numb? He's like, you know, we're going to have all these hashtags. We're now we're going to have Belgian flags over people's faces on Facebook. He's like, you know what? We're going to have all these platitudes. He's like, I'm kind of numb. Are you numb? I said, no, I'm angrier than ever, ever. And I'm, I'm not only angry at the vile barbarians who seek to take us over through sword and through non-physical means in terms of a takeover from within using our own system and our own political correctness against us, but I'm angry at the Americans that are allowing that to happen. I have been, 
I read a book years ago. I think it's up, might have even been upwards of 10 years ago that told Americans to expect this of what told Americans what was happening in Europe. What happened in Brussels was not just as a result of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama's horrendous foreign policy that fulfilled the prophecy of Dinesh D'Souza's movie 2016, where he predicted a militarily and economically neutered America with the Middle East erupted in fire being taken over and being run by radical Islam, which ended up with the increased influx into Europe and Brussels. But what we see going on in Europe has been going on a long time. You didn't get 88 Sharia courts in Britain just as a result of Barack Obama's foreign policy in the last seven, eight years. Bruce Bauer wrote a book about it called While Europe Slept. And I have after, once I read that book and saw what was going, he wanted to wake up America. But America has been even after everything that's happened. And I'm angry about it. It's like America took a collective ambient after drinking three bottles of wine and it's just been in a slumber. They must be. Look at these these people down at a Bernie Sanders rally. Ain't, ain't worried a bit about it. Two weeks ago, we had a, a Bernie Sanders wannabe a lookalike up in Canada, Trudeau, saying, or maybe it was even just last week, talking about how the the solution was to just be nice to Islam. I hear hand wringing going on in Fox today about why is this still going on, going back through all the terrorist attacks, going back through time and the Achille Lauro and when Americans were, were held hostage by Iran. This goes back a long time pre 9-11. And somebody's like, why is this still going on? Well, it's going on because we don't have an American people with the will to call out the enemy for who and what they are. And we don't have a government that's willing to do it. They all want to take Islam out of Islamic terror. And you cannot. You can't separate the two. Does that mean that every Muslim is a terrorist? No, but every terrorist is a Muslim. Fact. And then on top of it, so that's that's the issue that we face. Yes, ISIS took credit for this attack today. But you go back and you look at the attacks that we've had. 9-11, what was the group behind that? It was not ISIS. What was the group behind Benghazi, the four Americans who died? It was not ISIS. What was the group behind the London bombings, the Madrid bombings? It wasn't ISIS. The nightclub bombing in Bali wasn't ISIS. I don't even remember the name of the group that was behind Benghazi because it wasn't ISIS. 2012, Bin Laden's dead and Al-Qaeda's on the run. Woo-hoo, we won the war on terror. There was literally cheering in the streets. President Bush was lambasted years ago when he was asked a question about chasing down Osama bin Laden, and he said, basically, he's just one guy in the network. Oh, my goodness, people said. How could he say such a thing? He, he had it right when it came to that. ISIS is a symptom of the problem. It is not, yes, we need to take them out. Yes, we need to destroy ISIS. No, Obama hasn't done it. He's lied about it. The rules of engagement have planes going out there and coming back full with all of their loads because they're not taking out ISIS. Yes, we got to take out ISIS. But the woman who came here on a visa and committed and participated in and committed the second biggest terrorist attack on U.S. soil was not a part of ISIS. She studied her brand of Islam at a madrasa that has branches right here in the U.S. And we're not doing anything about it. Nobody's talking about it. Some of the responses, we've got elections tonight. We've got Henderson Cooper Coop. 
This guy's resume, talk about an intelligence expert. I've got some good questions for him, and thanks to my listeners. He's going to be on in a few minutes. Former FBI's Terrorism Task Force. He was the lead detective in LAPD's um, Middle Eastern Affairs. He's a CIA uh, COVID, ran a covert ops unit for CIA as part of the global war on terrorism. They, they, I mean, he's like a walking up. He's like a walking episode of Homeland. He's going to be on. Got some great questions for him. For him, we also have some primaries happening tonight. And Matt Boyle from Breitbart's going to be here, and and um, it'll be interesting to see if today's events had uh, the terrorist attack had any influence in the outcome. Clearly, to me, it should. You look at the re- you look at the responses from the three Republican contenders. Hillary's response is basically to do nothing. Why, why we got to seal the borders? Why we got to do anything? Uh, Trump said, "I would close up our borders to people until we figure out what's going on." A slightly more politically correct way than he said it before. He was the one who said in January about Brussels and called it out. Sixty to seventy percent of exit polls in the twenty-seven to twenty-nine primary contests we've had so far, sixty to seventy percent on average agreed with him with his plan. There, the American people get it, even if government, even if our officials don't, and that's why they've been behind Trump. Cruz says almost the same thing um, in terms of wanting to seal the border. Where Cruz kind of lost me a little bit today was a slight equivocation. If you listen to his words carefully, he said, yes, we need to stop refugees from, here's where he lost me, from, he said, countries where ISIS has significant territory. What the what? No. Don't bring anybody here. We have, why in the world would you bring one person here? Not one. They bring nothing to our lives. Why? You want to help somebody? If I want to help people who are homeless or in need or whatever, I, 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 I might give of money to St. Vincent de Paul or whatever. I ain't going to bring them into my home. We do not have to bring them here. Who's going to decide what significant territory do they come here from? But I'm still liking Cruz. Somewhat. I mean, I, I didn't like the equivocation, but I believe him that he's strong in this area. Kasich, though. He comes out in the one-party establishment line, immediately defending Islam, immediately scolding anybody who's got an intellectually honest critique of it, and actually says, we are not at war with Islam. What is the difference between Kasich and Obama? You never Trump people. I had a great interview with John Cardillo on his show today, and I'm hoping there's a podcast for it. I'm loving him. I'm, I'm starting to go on his show weekly. He said to me today, he said, it's not only selfish for Kasich to stay in the race at this point. With where he stands in terms of national security, it's irresponsible. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We're going to pick up this discussion on the other side. I am no expert in this. I'm just somebody fired up with opinion. But I got an expert coming up. Coop will be here. Former FBI head of terrorism and CIA. We'll see if he can reveal some secrets to us. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170, The Answer. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. 
I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you here with me. Those of you who are just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ. I'm fired up tonight. Those of you who have been friends of, of the Andrea K. Show and have been listening to me for a long time know that one of the top issues for me is and has been the war with radical Islam. And it started, actually, I started being fascinated with this topic many years ago when the Americans were held for 444 days um, by Iran. That's kind of when it started for me as as a young person. And it's carried on throughout the years. And then when I read the book, While Europe Slept, man, that's when I was like, America's got to wake up, man. We got to wake up. That was an eye opener for me. But that was just a little bit of a window into what the future holds for us and to what, you know, conquest looks like from people taking over. The real window into that world, into what is going on in the war on terror, has been captured by, I mean, this guy's resume, Henderson Cooper Coop. I read a little bit of it online. Uh, you know, he's uh, was with the FBI Terrorism Task Force. Uh, you know, lead detective in Middle Eastern Affairs for LAPD, covert ops with the CIA, you know, all around the world. I, I said, th- it's like an episode out of Homeland. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show, Coop. Well, thank you very much. Um, you know, I posed the question out to my listeners. I said, hey, you know, I've got this amazing expert coming on the Andrea K. Show tonight. Do y'all have questions for him? And one person joked, he said, I do, but the questions can't be answered. Meaning, you know, you've got such intelligence that the average American's not allowed to know what you know. Right, Coop? Well, yes. That's exactly <laughs> right. There are certainly going to be some things that, that either either I have to lie about or I have to not say anything at all about. Right. Well, um, what we do know is so far in terms of Brussels is that these three guys, you know, went into the... Uh, airport there. I guess I guess we thought initially there were suicide vests, but now they're telling us that it was suitcases. What's right. the latest on the investigation? Well, you've got it right. There were three known actors. We don't know who we don't know about, so there could be more, and I would tend to think there likely are more. There are three known actors. It was a multiple location attack because they hit a, uh, a, a bus and airport uh, portion. Um, and that they use, and this is a transportation hub, and typically transportation hubs have a higher security presence. Um, the three guys used carts. We have photos of them pushing carts. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. They're, you know, most often in the past, they've, been, they've had uh, uh, body-worn explosive devices, and these guys are using carts. So essentially, they, they've changed their tactics. They're fitting in mm-hmm. to a transportation hub-type environment, not necessarily carrying uh, suitcases, but pushing a cart. Um, yeah, other they, than the weird Michael Jackson one glove, I mean, they look like normal yeah. dudes. 
Yeah, yeah, they do, and and that's and that's what they've learned from uh, past operations. You know, they they watch the successes and the failures of past operations, and they modify. They listen to what we talk about and how we say uh, how we do investigations, and they modify. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the essence of of the whole thing. The third actor did not get blown up. Now the question is why. Was he not supposed to get blown up, or um, did he chicken out last minute? And that does happen sometimes. Um, or was there a failure on his part? Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know what, what happened with that. But that's that's the essential situation. And now we're into the investigative phase of everything. Do we know for sure whether or not the the Paris mastermind w- that this was in retaliation for his arrest, and whether or not he was involved some way? You know, I don't know that we will ever fully know that from a factual standpoint. It can be said, he can say it even, but, you know, very often the things that, that are said by these, these knuckleheads uh, tend to be uh, somewhat manipulation mm-hmm. and some somewhat feeding us what what they think we want to hear or what we need to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of terrorism is to cause fear in the, mm-hmm. in the part of, you know, your your audience. And so anything mm-hmm. they can say that will create fear in us mm-hmm. is is applicable here. Should we have waterboarded him or should they have waterboarded him? Should they be waterboarding him now? Well, they, they should have him in custody and they should have use of all effective means mm-hmm. uh, available to them. And taking something off the table uh, because it's objectionable um, is, a, is a situation and a decision made by each given society. Right. I would say this. If the president of, of Brussels or whatever their, their leader is, his child was being held and they knew – uh, who who held the child, and they knew that one person had the information, mm-hmm. what would he be willing to do to mm-hmm. get his child back? I bet the family members of those who lost their lives today wish there had been a little waterboarding. See, I wish, I didn't even lose anybody, I wish we had a woman from one of these countries that had been subjected to female genital mutilation. I wish she was there with a rusty knife handling him while he was being waterboarded. We aren't tough enough with these people, Coop. That's my opinion. Well, I won't disagree with you. Um... In terms of investigation, you were a part of the um, Middle Eastern, I guess, intelligence unit for LAPD because we've got local police departments. We've got some people who think that this should always be handled as part of just a, a criminal matter, not as part of national security. We All the law enforcement agencies are kind of in sync together and having to work together here. What question from one of my listeners how has the intelligence capability changed over the last eight years? Has it been for better or for worse? And what well, should we be doing different? Yeah, it is for better. It certainly is for better. But there's more dialogue. There's more sharing. There's more interaction between between. Uh, I mean, we have more task forces around the, the country now than than ever. The problem is that intelligence and investigations. Uh, are not good bed partners. Uh, intelligence is gathering any and all information, uh, working through it, and finding out what is fact and what is fiction. Investigations mm-hmm. involve strictly and purely fact, mm-hmm. and, and 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 they end up uh, being only the, the available facts that you can give a, a presentation to a court, and you can say that you got them through. Uh, legally mandated and legally uh, required methods. Mm-hmm. Intelligence can be gathered in any way, shape, or form. We can steal it. We can coerce it. Mm-hmm. We can find it. Um, we can pay for it. 
You know, there's there's no end to the ways in which yeah. you can gather intelligence. But All the different ways I've seen on Homeland, which is my favorite show, by the way. See, I'm really just a frustrated Carrie, you know, <laughs> actually in my life. Um, I, I think it's God's work, really, because and I think it's completely um, I, I, I've read a lot of I've read every Vince Flynn book. God, God bless him. God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, he was really tied into the intelligence community. Some of the books supposedly are in line with with the reality that our operatives, you know, our laws are not supportive of what they're doing. They're kind of out there on the limb on the doing what they can for America. And they, they have a hostile environment that they face from our own government in doing what you just described. Yeah, that's that's that can be said to be true. I mean, a, a, a policeman in, in a police car sees a guy walking down the street. He sees the body language of the guy. He sees the dress of the guy. He sees the guy's uh, and he, he renders an opinion about about the, 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 the personality of the guy based on what he's saying. The guy seems nervous. The guy seems on, on edge. He's looking around. That officer gains an opinion that something could be up with this guy. Mm-hmm. But the guy hasn't committed a crime. So the officer has to step back and wait. Mm-hmm. And, that is, and that is kind of the story of how law enforcement uh, is different. Um, that, we should be profiling, shouldn't we? I mean, we know it wasn't Swedes or Buddhist monks that are, that are doing this to us. We know who it is. And why are we not out there in mosques? Right now, all, the, all this hand-wringing is going on over whether or not, you know, as though the entire war on terror effort involves around Apple unlocking some codes to a cell phone. Meanwhile, we know we've got these same madrasas here that, that, that branches of the same madrasa where the San Bernardino woman studied at in Pakistan. We know that we've got radicals all over in these mosques preaching and organizing and doing all this kind of stuff and we're not going in there are we no we're not uh, by and large I, I think possibly we, we might be in some in some areas in some ways but the, the, the issue with with, uh, with profiling is a, is a touchy issue um, what 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 comes down to uh, the big problem with profiling is how we identify what profiling is mm-hmm. and what it means um, as I was describing a few minutes ago, a guy goes on the street. Well, let, let's, let's take it to another, another level. Um, you see a person enter a community, and that community is all of one type of people. They all look the same. Mm-hmm. They all have the same skin color. Mm-hmm. They all have the same hairstyle. They all have the same way of dressing. They all look and act exactly the same way. And this guy you see coming into the community looks 100% different. Mm-hmm. Do you notice that guy? Right. The answer is yes, you do. Mm-hmm. If you profile that guy by noticing the differences in that guy than everyone else that you recognize and, and know from this one community. Well, we can't do it just on appearance. I mean, doesn't it make sense? We know the ideology. See, to me, I think that one of the things that we need to do here in America is we need to say that this is a political system that we fight. Let's remove the, free, the religious protections surrounding this ideology. And, you know, and once we can do that, we can we can get more into mosques and we can we can, you know, um, have some laws that make sense to stop that are surrounding uh, stopping the ideology itself. Who is the enemy? And how do we defeat it, Coop? Well, and let me finish on that other point. What you just just described is not profiling. What you described is is the, the act of intelligence. Um, and so, yes, there there is a big difference there. Um, you know, the the big problem that we have is this: there is a war that has been going on for hundreds of years that has never been acknowledged, and that is the war the war within Islam, the war between the Sunni and the Shia 
the war um, a philosophy about about what their religion is about and who the religious leaders are and where it's going. Now that war has been somewhat uh, hidden in the background as a, a new enemy was identified, and the new enemy was the West. It doesn't matter who it is, it's simply the West. And this enemy has become the focal point for which the uh, the other war can hide behind as they attack the West and blame the West for all the problems mm-hmm. that go on within their world. So how do we defeat this enemy? Uh-huh. If you were the, if you were in charge of policy and you could do anything you wanted to do to stop the enemy that we face, what would you do, Coop? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, number one, I wouldn't want the job. <laughs> but number two, I'd unify all forces and agencies involved in, in, in this investigation and intelligence. Like with Brussels, you know, you've got country after country working in cross purposes against each other or not in cooperative ways with each other. I would, I would unify all the forces and agencies involved in the investigation. I call upon the foreign neighbors to form some kind of a task force uh, operation to move forward and work cross borders because the borders are, are the advantage of the bad guys. They know they can cross from Belgium into France and they've got different cops different law enforcement people, different intelligence, and, and, a, and, a, and a barrier of communication. I would begin to manage the transportation uh, and, and border hubs. By managing, I mean monitoring, watching, listening, uh, speaking to people that we need to speak to, um, making sure that we know who's coming and who's going. That's intelligence. That's simple information. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd make sure that law enforcement maintained a high visibility pres- uh, presence, especially around high-profile locations, which typically is done uh, at a lot of places. I don't know um, what the circumstances were in Belgium right before this event occurred, mm-hmm. but high-profile law enforcement at, at, uh, at high-profile targets. I put a call out in the community. If you see something, say something. That's, mm-hmm. That became popular in New York. It's become popular across uh, the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's a good call for, for across the world. Um, I would say that, that a united call for ethnic and religious communities to join together in a national movement and try to bring together those who seem disaffected or hostile to isolate, identify, and pacify if possible. Mm-hmm. If not, then you go the other direction. Uh, I call upon religious institutions to reach out and send a message uh, of working together with the local society and local communities, kind of create a national conversation in the religious communities, speaking of all the religions, sitting down together and talking together. Um, I'd, I'd call for a religious conference. You know, that probably would would uh, would be a good way to to bring them all together, some kind of religious conference in which they all come together and they speak kind of like the U.N. for religion. Who is the best of the other presidential candidates? Who do you like the best in terms of Ooh, defense? I stay away from... from Come, from come on now! <laughs> but I will tell you this. Most military, police, and intelligence people tend to be on the conservative side. Yes. A um, couple more questions before we get it. So, Todd, hang on there for a break. Um, Jim Brown wants to know, uh, how much has the Muslim Brotherhood infiltrated our federal government? Ooh. You know, I, I, I don't know that I know that they have... Uh, infiltrated our federal government. I know that there's conversation about that. I don't know that there's facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being in the intelligence world and in the, in the law enforcement world, I deal mostly in facts. Now, I have seen some curious uh, things happening at the federal level, but I can't say that, that I, can, I, I can pinpoint it down to the, the uh, Muslim Brotherhood. Maybe you'll tell me during very, the break. Very problematic. Maybe you'll tell me during the break. 
just teasing. <laughs> okay, um, Hillary Clinton email scandal. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. Former AG uh, McKenzie says that she's broken four laws, most involving the Espionage Act, and she should be indicted. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I have very strong thoughts on that. Um, you know, I lost friends in that in the Benghazi situation, and, and I take that to heart. And it could have been me there. Um, I take that to heart. Um, the whole issue of, of security clearances is a very, very touchy issue in government. Um, the, the slightest straying from from the protocols of, of clearance can get a person fired, mm-hmm. get a person indicted, uh, get a person, uh, you know, uh, PNG from, from the entire intelligence community mm-hmm. or any job that, that is sensitive. Um, no one is exempt from that. Petraeus wasn't exempt from that, uh, and no one else is and, and should be. If, if you do something on your own uh, that goes against what the policies are, you have to answer to those. Scooter those Libby did done. six months, and he, uh, over this Valerie Plame nonsense, and he wasn't even the one that outed her. Hillary right. Clinton intentionally sets up an email. There's SAP info, what, 22 pieces of SAP through there. It, to me, she should have already done a perp walk. Last question for you, Coop. Kind of a controversial question. Um, yes, uh, from one of the listeners who says it's pretty clear to him that President Obama is a traitor. And he wants to know if you if you agree and if and if Congress uh, should do a perp walk with him. Well, that would be a legal question. Mm -hmm. And I don't have all the legal facts. However, uh, I am I am definitely not happy with the the, the path that the government has taken over the last eight years. Mm -hmm. And I think I think we need a new path. Um, I I don't know that that crimes have been committed. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It certainly is possible. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't like the direction the government has gone in mm-hmm. that. Well, I like you so much, Coop. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I appreciate it so much. And hopefully, you'll be back because this is not obviously it ain't the first and ain't the last, and we're going to have a whole lot of security issues continuing as we go forward. Thanks so much, Henderson Cooper. Thank you for being here on the show. We're going to take a quick break. We got to um, past a break time actually, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Matthew Boyle. Matt Boyle from Breitbart's going to be here talking all about the primaries. The don't go anywhere, peeps. It's the Andrew. K show on name like, what up? What's your budget? No, Want honestly, more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533.
Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me this evening. So, uh, what an honor. You know what? It was truly an honor for me to talk to Henderson Cooper. This is a guy who's actually been out in the field, a covert ops uh, guy who's um, spent many a year out there working on behalf of the uh, of the American people. And to hear him talk about the friends that he lost in Benghazi. Ooh, that was like a little knife in my heart. So thank you, Coop, for being on the show tonight. And welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Matthew Boyle from Breitbart here to tell me up on everything that's happening with the primaries because it's going down tonight in Phoenix. Hey, Matt. Uh, hey, Andrea, how's it going? Good. Um, actually, it's going down all over Arizona and Utah tonight. What's the haps? What's the latest? Well, so uh, we just learned that Donald Trump has won the Arizona Republican primary and Hillary Clinton has won the Arizona Democratic primary. Uh, we'll be uh, hearing results a little bit later this evening uh, from Utah. Uh, the caucuses are still ongoing there. Um but uh, it's a huge win for Donald Trump tonight in Arizona. 58 more delegates added to his uh, uh, already sizable portion there. He's uh, far away the Republican frontrunner right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, but it's also looking like it's going to be a big night for Ted Cruz in Utah. Mm-hmm. He's expected to win Utah's caucuses. But the question is whether or not Cruz hits the 50% mark and takes all of the 40 delegates in Utah, or if um, if, if Trump and Kasich will also get a portion of the delegates. I don't know what, what you've seen in the exit polls, but I'm looking at Utah and I'm thinking um, Kasich. I'm thinking how in this morning after we had this terrorist attack, I'm thinking, you know, one of the questions that was posed to me on the John Cardillo show was, how did this terrorist attack, how did I think that it would affect the elections? And I'm thinking, well, clearly any undecideds would go either Cruz or Trump. Clearly nobody could have the sense to vote for Kasich with him going around saying we are in a war with Islam and, um, you know, um, you know, immediately defending Islam and immediately criticizing anybody, you know, who, who criticizes Islam, basically taking the liberal one party system roles. So, you know, I'm going to be really shocked and really disappointed in voters in Utah if, you know, they if it becomes a three way race. And because, you know, John Cardillo said today that it's not only selfish of him to stay in the race at this point, it's irresponsible given where he is on national security. I mean, what are people thinking? 
Yeah, Kasich's got some really far out there views, and we've had several stories on it on Breitbart over the past uh, couple of weeks here. He's been largely overlooked by a lot of the national media and a lot of national conservatives because of the fact that he really has been kind of flying under the radar until now. And now that he's like the last guy left from the establishment against Cruz and Trump, um, you you know you're starting to see more of a focus on his uh, really far out there political views. I mean, at least Jeff Bush and and Marco Rubio weren't as far out there as. Kasich is on several of these issues. What's more important, too, is, is that Kasich does not have a pathway to, to collect uh, a majority of delegates. Mathematically, it is impossible for John Kasich to win the Republican nomination on the first ballot at the uh, GOP convention in Cleveland in July. Uh, there's no way possible that he can do that. And the only way that John Kasich could ever emerge as the Republican nominee is if he uh, somehow cut some kind of a deal heading into a contested convention where no candidate gets 1,237 delegates. Now, again, a contested convention, while it's within the realm of possibility, um, and it really seems it, 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 it is John Kasich's only pathway forward. Uh, it seems like it's headed after this big Arizona win tonight for Donald Trump and where the map is headed next. In two weeks, things are going to move to Wisconsin. And then two weeks later, New York, where Trump is polling ahead in both places right now. But he's at 65 percent, a whopping 65 percent in the state of New York, his home state. Uh, and then after that, several other northeastern states like Maryland, Rhode Island, Delaware, and uh, in, in Connecticut, uh, where pl- places where Cruz really doesn't really stand much of a chance. Um, it seems like we might be headed to the point where Cruz's only pathway to the nomination is through a contested convention. So the real race now is whether or not Donald Trump can get to 1,237 delegates and walk into the convention as the nominee. Uh, and it, it remains to be seen if he's going to get to that, but it, it's certainly looking more and more promising for him as he keeps picking up these wins. Uh, officially speaking, he hasn't been awarded the uh, official win in in Missouri from last week because the results were so close and the Secretary of State is not certified it yet there. So that's going to factor into this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, you know, assuming Trump keeps keeps on the trajectory that he's on, he does appear poised to pick up 1237 delegates. Well, he's got to get, what, 57 percent left. And the theory is, is that he hasn't gotten 57 percent of anything so far. He's not really at, at that margin. My question for you is there was a report that came out from Breitbart that I guess it was Roger Stone had overheard a conference call in which bigs from the party were basically talking about a Trojan horse plan of having these phony supposed Trump delegates that were going to supposedly vote for him in the first round. Of course, the plan is to keep case again. Nobody gets to 1237. These are going to be phony delegates that are going to that are obligated to vote for Trump in the first round. And then they're going to switch on the second. What do you know about that story? Yeah, uh, Rod is a good friend of mine. I was actually just talking to him earlier this evening, and um, about about exactly this. And you know what? Uh, I do think that it is uh, a serious threat out there. Mr. Trump has to start preparing for this. Um, the the establishment people in a lot of these states are now just starting to pick their delegates. It's something that I think both Trump and Cruz yes. need to be prepared for. Yeah. Uh, as uh, you know, if we are headed into a contested convention, that 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 kind of 
trickery could take place. Now, that being said, it, it is it is extraordinary. Look, all of these people come up with all these doomsday scenarios. Um, I still think the most likely possibility is that we walk into the convention with one candidate having 1,237 or more delegates walking in and is done on the first ballot and there's no chicanery, but there's always the possibility that this kind of stuff may happen. The candidates and their campaigns need to start preparing for it. Uh, it's something that we've been raising the specter of since as far back as last November. I remember I did a story on how all the different campaigns, this is before all the, the, the other guys started dropping out like Ben Carson and, and Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio. All these guys were talking about this kind of a thing. Uh, it's something that we talk about every single election cycle. So again, until it actually happens, um, you know, it's again, it's kind of like talking about a doomsday scenario. Like, what are you going to do when the zombie apocalypse comes? Well, but I don't know. um, I mean, it seems like as long as Kasich stays in and we got people, you know, I'm seeing he's he's still pulling percentages like in Arizona. I guess he got like 11 percent so far. I mean, that could be enough going forward if people keep voting for that clown. I don't get it. I can't imagine who, I mean, talk about a low information voter, you know, but the reality is, is that, you know, I'm not really sure if it gets to be a contested convention. I mean, you know, if the GOP establishment is planning to do what they can to keep it from being Cruz or Trump, you know, I'm not sure that they would pick Kasich, but I mean, who else would they put in there? Well, you know, the other possibility here is, is that, you know, Kasich being in is not just a, a bad thing for Trump. It also holds Cruz down. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also, um, you know, these states where you have to hit certain thresholds, right? So several of these remaining states are still winner-take-all. Not all of them are. But even to pick up any delegates, you have to hit certain thresholds either statewide or in in congressional districts. And so he, he's been missing a lot of these, these thresholds. Now, that being said, uh, you know, the other thing that's a possibility here is that he's staying in because he wants to cut a deal uh, if, if nobody does get to two, uh, 1237 delegates. There's a possibility that Kasich could be the deal maker with either Ted Cruz or with Donald Trump to cut a deal to uh, become their vice president. Right. And so right. it becomes a leverage point walking in on the first ballot. Uh, because, I mean, again, Kasich could release his delegates uh, to, uh, in, in many cases, not in all cases, it really gets tricky when you get into the specifics uh, based right. on different states and, right. and and whatnot. But Well, once they drop out, though, then they get released and they're unbound delegates, aren't they, at that point? So if, if Kasich drops out, they're not, you know, he can say who he's going to throw them to, but I think they're unbound at that point, aren't they? Well, kind of. There's some of them that are still bound to vote for him on the first ballot. So there was a story that came out the other day uh, after Marco Rubio dropped out that walked through about a third of his are unbound, about a third of them still have to vote for him, and about a third of them it's unclear, right? Like, oh, see, so- I thought they were going to all go cruise. So that no, that's not that's not the case, right? So some of them still have to vote for Rubio on that first ballot. So well, depending how, on what? the state rules for convention uh, for for different states, each state has their own rules uh, at, the, at their state party. So what sense does that make? Some guy who's not even in the race anymore, and the delegates are bound to vote for him. Somebody said to me the other day, I was at the Unite uh, Inland Empire conference in in Riverside, and somebody said to me, you know, Shh, Cruz actually has more than the twelve hundred thirty seven when you add in Rubio's delegates, and I was like, okay, then. 
you know, we're not going to have a contested convention. We're not going to be stuck with Kasich for crying out loud. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I mean, some of them. So, again, it's like a, it's about a third of them are still bound to vote for Rubio. About okay. a third of them are 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 completely free, uh, unbound delegates now. And about a third of them are depending on what Marco decides to do. Like Marco could say that he wants to uh, designate his delegates to to vote for a certain candidate, and and they would have to, and they would be required to do that on that first ballot. So again, that's something to keep in mind here is that, uh, or he could release delegates uh, based on you know if they ask for permission to. Again, there's a whole bunch of scenarios that can play out here. So, but the easiest and most likely scenario here is that one of the two, one of the two, Trump or Cruz walks into the convention with twelve thirty-seven plus. Well, we need uh, Kasich to get out. Hey, you never Trump people start hashtagging never Kasich. McCain, what happened with McCain tonight in Arizona? Um, uh, with, with McCain and his primary. Oh, McCain's not up until later in the year. So there's, uh, oh. there's actually two primary challenges against him. And the main one uh, that I think has the best chance of beating him, that's going to be in August, is, is uh, Kelly Ward. Kelly Ward. She's now former state senator. But she's not up. That's not up until August. That's oh, I don't know why everybody was talking about McCain tonight. Okay. I think I think there's a whole lot of wishful thinking going on with yeah, McCain. Well, I, think, I think that the <laughs> results tonight in Arizona with both Trump and Cruz, uh, you know, absolutely crushing it. I'm looking at the results right now on CNN with about 60 percent in. There's Trump's at 40, uh, nearly 46 percent. Cruz is at 20, uh, 21 and a half percent. If you throw those two together, uh, and, you know, I mean, that's 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 nearly uh, 70 percent. That's going to be troubling for John McCain. John McCain does not get along with either Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. So all the people who voted for Donald Trump and Ted Cruz today in Arizona are prospective voters for uh, Kelly Ward in in a uh, in in the Senate primary later this year, uh, and, and and also uh, the the, the forty one thousand the small amount uh, of votes the ten percent Kasich in Arizona are more of your McCain people. So I think McCain has got to be trembling about what's happening in his own in his home state. This might be. Um, a, a, a warning for him. Um, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if down the road, uh, he certainly hasn't done this yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if down the road he decides to throw in the towel before this is all over. Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't um, be the first time he threw in the towel. It's not looking up. good for him right yeah. now. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the scoop. And uh, you take good care. Take it easy out All right. There. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break. We come back. My friend Elisa reminded me of a little, a little known, a little case going on here in San Diego involving a Democrat. Do y'all remember something called the Filner headlock? We'll, we'll remind you of that maneuver when we come back from the break. This is the Andrea K Show on AM eleven seventy. Sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. 
I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen & Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen & Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657-333. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have y'all here with me this evening. Um, you know, we've got two. You know, I, I, I don't understand. I, I here, I, I've been complaining about people getting nasty and and calling each other names, but yet I'm having a hard time talking about Kasich voters without getting nasty and calling people dumb. So I don't want to be hypocritical here. Um, you know, I haven't endorsed anybody. I know that emotions are running high. I know that people are really on edge, particularly when a situation like this happens. I actually could make an argument for both Trump and for Cruz. I think they're both flawed candidates. I think they're both human beings, and that means they're flawed. I think they both make mistakes. Um, But I could vote for either one of them in the general election. Kasich represents, he's that dead horse that I said last night that we needed to dismount from. And I really don't understand anybody, particularly in light of today's events. What happened over in Brussels is already happening here. You know, we're talking about ISIS all day. At the top of the show, I was talking about how there's so much overly focused on this one particular group. When, you know, I started thinking, I tried to start, I didn't have time, but I really wanted to make a list of all the terrorist attacks that have happened since 9-11. Somebody posted a meme that said there had been something like 28,000 terrorist attacks by Islamists since September 11th. And and that that number may be accurate. I don't know if it is or not, but what I do know is that so many attacks, like the woman who was beheaded here in Oklahoma, that isn't even being considered an attack. You look at, we had that, we had the community college up in Oregon, we had a... Um, a college in Merced. We had the Fort Hood, Boston bombing. We had the, uh, the I think it was the Navy, the recruiters in the gun free, free zone. That's just six right there. And what, the last few years? Right here on American soil. Things have, the American people have just become so conditioned to accept this. We got to wake up. It was an honor to talk to Coop at the opening of the show. Um, I, I, you know, I, I was kind of surprised by some of his answers in terms of getting religious leaders together and having a conversation. I think that I think it's a far more complicated. I'm the kind of person that, you know, I, I'm kind of saying we should just be dropping a bomb and wiping out as many as we can. Um, but there is no what is what is clear is that when you have an open border society like in Europe and like we've had here. And we've had apologists and we've had both sides of the government willing to for votes and for power, willing to have to to give up our country. You, It's like Trump says, you have no border, you have no nation. It, we've allowed it to go so long, so far for so long that it's way more complicated of a situation than it ever needed to be. Now it's way more complicated when what all we really needed to do was we needed to have our border sealed for a really long time. We needed to recognize the ideology for what it was and keep them out and not bring them here. That's what we needed to do. Um, before the break, though, I told you uh, that I was going to remind you guys of a case here. 
you know, Hillary Clinton will be. She won Arizona tonight. She's won Utah. She will be the Republic, the uh, Democrat nominee. I don't believe she's going to do any perp walk. The Democrat Party's not going to allow her to be indicted. She will be the nominee. And she will be working the woman card really hard. We know it's the Democrats who are waging a war on women. We're always pointing the finger at everything and accusing others of what they are at fault for. The Democrat Party hid for many years about Bob Filner, a congressman. For decades, that man walked the halls of Congress assaulting women on the job. They hid it. They covered it up. Sent him back out here to San Diego, became a mayor. The Democrat Party hid it here. This man was a one-man walking woman assault machine. And he had this particular move called the Filner headlock that he put on women. There's a case. It's uh, he, uh, he copped. And uh, I can't remember the charges of what he ended up in. He did a house arrest for however long. Well, there's a civil trial going on here. A gal named Stephanie, Stephanie, the year 2013, when he had to resign as mayor, he was up to it to the very end. That case is in trial. She's suing for $500,000. This is a man who grabbed her, um, just assaulted her. And he was known, he was called Filthy Filner by the Democrats for decades, they knew about this. This is a case that should have really gotten far more attention than it deserved. The Republican Party should be talking about it. It's back in the news. Why isn't the Republican Party talking about it? We got to keep our eye on the ball. And instead of all this constant infighting, like, um, you know, even I even today on a day, we got a terrorist attack. I'm seeing, you know, Trump's upset that somebody posted a picture of Melania and then Cruz is like, well, don't, you know, so he's Trump is going to bust Cruz's wife for being skanky and being a drunk or whatever. It's like we got to keep our eye on the ball. We got to fight the enemy. The enemy that we face is radical Islam as a nation. That's the enemy we face in the Republican Party. The enemy we face that is the apologist for Islam is Hillary Clinton. Let's keep the conversation rolling on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Go to my website, AndreaKShow.com, and join me every Monday and Tuesday night right here on AM 1170, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Love you all. Have a great week. Prayers the for those Andrea in Brussels. Show on AM 1170, The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.